Monday Night Raw Podcast in the Shadows Blake Doing the damn thing WWE Real reunion last night Emanating from uh, Tampa, Florida Just want to get this out the way uh, I did not Give in to any of the dirt sheet rumors Talking about how The Rock could have been making an appearance I don't like giving in to those I honestly think that if something like that is going to happen That it would be it, it, I, I would request or suggest or whatever I just would say that shouldn't be something to be publicized Unless it, you know, like, I, I don't know Like, if The Rock comes back I think it would need to be a real surprise at this point Just with, uh, you know how often, you know, law diminishing returns and such like that, like, of course, it's been a while, but you really want to give something that's going to make maybe some people even flip the channel if they hear tell about it, but whatever, right, I don't know, I just wanted to say, yeah, I didn't give in to that, you know, everybody's like, oh, the rock could be coming, the rock could be coming, like, alright, bro, whatever, how many times have we had these big special events, and the rock has been, you know, too busy doing the, you know, Everything else he does right now with his time thing. But anyway, uh, show opened up with maybe not The Rock, but John Cena. It's live and direct. We actually could see him. So, very cool. There's been plenty of times where, you know, the show has opened up and John Cena's music hit and the crowd would just be pissed off. Of course, there's been other times where the crowd has been extremely excited. And, uh, you know, me just watching, I've realized how the crowd has just been very polarized. And it really gives to that idea of reaction being the, the best possible thing one could get. So, good or bad, yay or boo, you know, John Cena coming out and receiving, you know, the reception, the ovation that he received from the crowd. You know, with the John Cena sucks chance and, you know, all of that. Like, it gives you that angle feel, you know, with his entrance and stuff like that. Like, it's really cool. So, it was good to see John Cena come out. You know, he came out and took his talk. He's not around like that no more. But, you know, he told us all that this is his home. We, I'm past the whole thing he was talking about with The Rock and stuff like that. He's, you know, you can see his maturity. You can feel it in his voice, you know. And... It, it felt it felt authentic. It felt genuine, and that's honestly something that John Cena has been so good at for so long. It looks like he's always, you know, the same guy. Whether he's you know doing a, you know press tour or something like that, or or he's right back on WWE TV in the middle of a storyline. So and so, it was good to see him. Like I said, he brings out the Usos. The revival come out. Well, part of the Usos, and you know, they start rapping. John Cena trying rap, well, not trying, but you know, they they go back and forth. You know, trade a couple, uh, a couple bars. It's funny, and um, you know, good good stuff. <laughs> you know, go back and watch the segment that uh, brings out the revival. I wait. No, oh, a part of me. They bring out Rikishi next. So, got to see Rikishi. I was excited to see him. It was. Uh, you know, it's it's good nostalgia. You know, happy times and you know, throwback to you know the two cool days. R.I.P. Grandmaster Sexay. You know, and, uh, it's just good to see him. And we know that uh, you know, it was good to hear Rikishi say "oos." 
you know, like this is an Uso thing, and you know, to see their dad come out and do that, it was, I thought it was nice. So they had that. Rikish came out, finally brings out the revival. They had their tag team match. Pardon me. Also, Devon Dudley came out. It was a little weird because Bubba wasn't on deck. Now I understand that maybe an invitation was sent, but uh, it was declined. It's fine. It is what it is. You know, it was good to see Devon back on WWE TV. I'll say that. You know, you know, testify. My man, uh, Devon is definitely, a, a, you know, he's a mainstay, one of the most decorated tag champions in the business and all that. So I definitely liked it, I guess. You know, it wasn't, like, for what it was worth, just as far as tag team, the tag team division goes, and, you know, it covers that element of, you know, the sports entertainment for the evening in so many ways. So it was good. You had the Usos and, you know, the uh, Revival go at it. Good stuff. It was, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it a standard match, but we've been seeing these guys go at it for a little while. So, uh, non-title bout, I uh, believe the Usos picked up the victory. So, not bad at all. It was good. Uh, we'll lead into what, I, well, we'll find out what happens next week as far as the rest of this rivalry goes. We could get a SummerSlam uh, Tag Team Championship match between the Usos and Revival. That looks like the direction they're going, but it remains to be seen. We'll see how the rest of the Royal Tag Team division uh, continues to shape up. Alicia Fox was on TV. How about that? Uh, I have a soft spot for the captain of the Royal Women's Division. She has uh, been a long, a long-standing member of the Divas Division, the Women's Division, however we want to call it. Alicia Fox is totally synonymous with it. Uh, she's backstage with a lot of the Divas of old. And uh, Drew McIntyre pops up out of nowhere. He's still pissed off with uh, Cedric Alexander uh, because of the seemingly fluke victory. I don't want to call it a fluke. It was a great way to uh, warm up to a match. Now, some people want to see Drew and Taker at uh, SummerSlam. It doesn't seem that that's going to be happening. But I will say that this is an excellent opportunity for Cedric Alexander to... uh, you know, get out there and really showcase his talent and ability. We know Drew is excellent from all three elements of sports entertainment in ring. You know, he has a great offense, he has a great defense, and he looks great selling his moves. So uh, I think that, you know, somebody like Cedric that was, you know, a cornerstone and a pillar of uh, the cruiserweight division and this guy is psychopath, you know, with just the size difference and all that. I think they might be able to put on a good match. Now, I'm not saying that's the match I would like to see at SummerSlam, but, well, because I'm not really in charge of the booking. But if that's what, you know, they're going to, you know, if that's what they want, if that's the story they want to tell, you know, and they want to build up some new superstars, which is what everyone's been begging for, then this could be a way to do it. Drew does need uh, a fair win. I think this wouldn't be like the biggest win for him, but I think it would be a win or nonetheless. So, uh, you know, these guys have their match coming up. Uh, and uh, before, you know, Cedric even really comes down to the ring, Drew is outside ready to fight. They scrap for a little while, but Drew has the upper hand clearly. Match never starts. Complete beatdown on Cedric. Whew! And uh, the, the, in the what, what is it, an inverted, modified Alabama slam onto the ring apron. Looked crazy. Said sold it beautifully. And, uh, you know, that's all you could ask for when it comes to these beatdown segments. So it was very, very good stuff from Drew. Great stuff from Said. And uh, 
hey, it was a, it was a cool little segment. Nobody lost because the match never started. So we could definitely be building toward a, a you know future building storyline or building building excuse me a future storyline. So we'll see how it all goes. Uh, random spotting from uh, Santino also in that backstage segment. Uh, either way, get into the Viking uh, the Viking Raiders. Next up, taking on uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Attitude of gratitude is a thing. Uh, stay with it. Even Christian told them. That's right, we had a Christian Christian spot. He was there. He was on commentary. King Booker was on commentary. Booker T. And uh, Jerry the King Lola was on commentary also. Along with, come on, Jonathan Coachman. So, uh, you know, it was all good stuff. The Viking Raiders made quick work of Hawkins and Ryder, though. It was, you know, a quick match. Uh, I guess it's a way for them to, uh, yeah, well, let's say, first of all, the Raw Tag Team Division is definitely uh, beginning to shape and form also. Like, now we have, a, well, these guys have been taking out local competitors for some time now. So, for them to uh, actually take on uh, former tag team champions, it does in a way somewhat mean something. So it was good to see them pick up that victory there, and you know it was what it was. So we'll see how these guys continue to uh, develop as the weeks progress. Lillian Garcia actually announced that match as far as the ring guys coming down to the ring. Very cool to see Lillian Garcia. It actually felt, you know, it, it was it was all for the nostalgia. You know, we've heard Lillian Garcia's voice for so long, you know, from the uh, wow, a, a woman can actually do this all the way to, you know, being reminded of playing your old WWE games from back in the day. So like, that was the feel I got from it. It was good stuff. Uh, next up, we got into uh, Samoa Joe promo. Talked some talk. Really, uh, <laughs> I'll say this. Shouts to Mr. McMahon for being able to, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, cover a lot of the bases when it comes to the the feel of the show. You know, like uh, I think Joe was out there talking about uh, how these shows are a plague to the WWE. Because it takes away uh, time from him to, you know, uh, orchestrate his, you know, his his version of uh, passing out pain in so many words. Uh, he had a real great way of saying it. Like, I can't remember exactly, but he wanted to paint a portrait of violence, something like that. It's very, very good, though. I enjoyed uh, Joe's segment, but... At the end of the day, he doesn't need my opinion to validate him. He is already validated. So he uh, had his talks and went in, you know, went on to speak on how the Usos were uh, out there with their daddy. And Joe is just in the back. This brought out Roman Reigns. Commentary talked it up real fast, talking about his family. You know, Rome gonna have a problem with that. So out comes the big dog, and he's ready to uh, pretty much take on Samoa Joe. Joey wasn't gonna fight. It was funny the way he rejected it at first. Can't remember quite how he did it, but it was a great way. Like I'm not fighting you. These, these people want to see it. Who cares? Like it was something like that. It was very good. Joe's excellent on the microphone, but um. Yeah, him and Roman have the match, and I would say 
Uh, one of my favorite spots of the evening was that spear to close off the match. Uh, Joey was still getting up and Roman was coming off of the ropes already with, you know, just gearing up for the spear, but you didn't see it coming. So very, very good. That was a nice way to uh, have Roman, you know, I don't even want to, you know, throw out the cliche, look strong, but that was a very creative way to, you know, mix up his moveset, if you will. Uh, so that was a good look for Roman. Uh, people going to feel however they feel about Joe. Like I said, my opinion don't really matter. So it's, uh, you know, it's just going, it is what it is. You know, when he picks up a win, we'll speak on it. In the meantime, you know, we already know how we feel about Joe. We respect him a great deal. I think he's a great uh, in-ring competitor and great on a microphone. But you take on the big dog, you know, what you expect. So Roman picked up that victory there in a very, very good segment. Rollins was on Miz TV uh, talking about how uh, Brock Lesnar is, uh, you know, like this, this. He's just ready. He's ready for the fight. He's going to bring the fight. Heyman comes out and uh, says that, you know, uh, Seth Rollins is a wannabe Brock Lesnar. Well, that was pretty much one of the major talking points. Like, whoa. I was in a... I wasn't extra keen on that part just because it's like I think all of the superstars want to be their own superstars. They're not just uh, want to be knockoff versions of their opponents. But that's just that's really really small. It was a it was a good it was a good spot and a good moments for the time they had allotted. You know, like they did everything they needed to do. Heyman looked. You know, great, got in his, I'm just an advocate line, you know, and Rollins saying, look, bro, you, you coming out here and you're doing a lot of talking, but we about tired of it. So if you want to, you know, be out here and talk it, then you're going to get dealt with the same way as everybody else. And, uh, and that's where him was able to throw his line in and went backstage. So that was good. I wasn't mad at that at all. I thought it was pretty high. Backstage, uh, Sami Zayn, see all legends, try to disrespect the legends. And uh, this brings Rey Mysterio up at, in the Legends' defense. That makes sense. Uh, this this leads to a match with those two uh, on the Royal Reunion show, and it was uh, it was a fair match. He was Sami Zayn was getting uh, out wrestled, so uh, he was ready to leave the ring. This brings out uh, man, who was it? Mister Hurricane. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, uh, Kurt Angle, and oh my goodness, Rob Van Dam, Mr. Monday Night himself. So not in that particular order, but either way, all four of them outside, they guarding the way back to Gorilla. So nah, Sammy's going to get back in the ring and uh, eats a 619 and a five-star frog splash and homage to RVD since he was you know, in the building, very good, I thought that was uh, just a nice little moment for everybody, uh, it was great to see RBD, like, it was, it was good. Seth Rollins took on AJ Styles, now we all know these two can put on a damn fine match, 
These guys are everything that the WWE Universe wants to see. They're WWE superstars. You know, do they, they they did it, but they but well we know that they're capable. We've seen it before. We in my opinion, I didn't think it was gonna happen again on the Royal Reunion. I figured it was gonna be not a throwaway match, but I thought it would be uh just uh something that would uh you know get the week by and maybe just maybe even uh build toward a future rivalry between the two. We'll see though. I don't know. Really, I think it was just a great way to say, hey, look, this isn't necessarily like the craziest show, but we did uh, promise you guys a great event. So uh, here's a great match for you. So we had the Usos and the, you know, rival great tag match. Had a squash match with the Viking Raiders. You know what I mean? Beating up uh, Ryder and Hawkins. And then we getting Rollins and AJ. So it's like, all right, that's what's up. Now... It, the match goes on, and eventually, uh, oh, pardon, the, the the OC is apparently now the new club's name. Uh, like, oh, the OC, the original club, what do they call it, the official club, or what was it? The only club that matters. I think that's all right. I'm not mad. I think the, the OC has a nice little ring to it. And, uh, the more the people start to say it, I think it will definitely be uh, something that really fits the character that they're, they're, they're trying to build. So, good stuff. And, um, yeah, they did. Well, Gallows and Anderson interfere briefly in the match, causing the disqualification. But this brings out D-Generation X. And, I mean, it was everybody, along with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. X-Pac was there, you know, like, it was great, 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 I like to see, you know, superstars of old, it, it didn't necessarily, well, I don't want to call it empty nostalgia, but at the same time, you know, you don't, you know, you, I, don't I don't think it's going anywhere, you know, it was just good to see these guys back on TV for the most part, just filling in as much as they could with as many superstars as they could, so, cleared the ring of the OC, and then we just move forward to next week. Mick Foley is out in the ring and um, talking about he wants to have a run at the 24-7 championship once the 24-7 gang went running by with a lot of 24-7 title changes. Uh, Lundra Blaze, who looked just as if she commands a certain amount of respect, got it from the WWE Universe, ready to throw it in the trash. Ted DiBiase comes out and buys the championship off of her. The million-dollar man himself said, no, no, don't just throw out the 24-7 championship. I'll take it for myself. We'll, I get, we'll get backstage. She's about to leave the building, and Drake Maverick has it. Boogeyman had his bag, wor well, had worms in his bag. I think a nice touch, if I can remember this correctly. And we'll get into uh, this segment in general like that I was just speaking on. But um, Drake Maverick realized he had worms in his bag. And uh, when he, something happened with the championship, I think he won the championship back from our truth briefly and said, told his wife, Renee Michelle, said, you get the bags, I'll get the car. That was a very nice touch of comical essence and uh, just a running 
gag with just just the storyline in general, just the running joke. I thought it was pretty funny, but um, we got Foley in the ring, and uh, you know he's talking Royal Reunion, great nights, some of the best moments of his life have happened on WWE television, great stuff, and um, I think when he was getting ready to leave or something like, that. oh, he had a video package he wanted to show, but then things slowed down. You hear all the goofy sounds, and out comes Bray Wyatt, dressed as the Fiend, again, and gives Mick Foley the mandible claw. Now, we know that Bray has the gloves, the hurt and heel gloves, so uh, he does have a form of the mandible claw, and it makes sense. I thought it was pretty good, you know, just for what it was worth, you know, I thought that you know, Bray looked great, and Foley is a hardcore legend. We all—he takes no L here. He's putting over a younger talent, which was one of the one of the you know only times we got to see it tonight. But that was all right. They're throwing in the fiend very well with the you know the video packages for SummerSlam and stuff like that. Like it's it's good stuff. I'm enjoying it, and I uh, you know we'll just continue to pay attention to how it all develops. Moment of Bliss featuring Becky Lynch. Uh, Natty interrupts almost immediately, and they are uh, having their talks. Now, Becky, you know, when you're in the ring with her, then well, when you're in the ring with the man, it, it ain't no friendlies. There are no friends. Stop, stop, bro. Stop, stop, bro. Pardon me. Nasties on the road, but um, yeah, they ain't no friends. Why? When everybody's in the ring, it's one on one. So Natty trying to say, "Oh, it's an honor to, you know, have have a match with my friend Becky Lynch." Like, ah, get that out of here. And then she turned the mean streak on real fast. And you know, last night during that moment of bliss segment, they definitely had a couple of words for each other. Natty was a little more aggressive. And eventually, these women broke down into a brawl, which Natty got the better hits in. So, Natty wins that segment. We got three weeks till SummerSlam is streaming live on the WWE Network. So, for Natty to come out looking strong there, oh, man, that's... Well, how does Becky respond? Becky has proven to be really good at getting punched in the face recently. And we're waiting for the man to come back with that Nia Jax energy. I'm I'm I like Becky. I've enjoyed the character since she's evolved into that from last year's SummerSlam, coming into this year's SummerSlam, going at it with the Queen of Hearts herself. That you know, I've spoken on how Natty and I excuse me, I've spoken on how Becky has been wrestling circles around Lacey Evans as of recent. You know, we've been seeing Bailey uh, in ring, and she's been really showing out. She going in there against the Queen of Hearts, man. Natty is quick. We've seen what she did when she was uh, going at it against Ronda Rousey in that gauntlet match. You know, Natty is no slouch. She is awesome in the ring. I've, I, I'm excited to see the match, and Natty got most of the hits. Well, most of the good hits. So, 
Natty comes out on top. If it was if it was scripted to be a tie, that is not what happened. Natty won that. We gonna call it just like that. So we waiting for Becky now to uh, come on back with some some fuego next week, and I'm sure she will. Hopefully. Uh, shouts to Nikki Cross. Can't forget about her. She's on deck. Apparently, her and Bliss are still friends. So. We're going to continue to see how their storyline develops. But for a reunion, you know, just to be a part of the Moment of Bliss segment and see them still being friendly with each other and, you know, trying to, you know, just, you know, play off of each other back and forth with how they uh, call out the segment and, you know, introduce the superstar that's going to be the guest. It was good stuff. Uh, We got into the 24-7 stuff next up. So and we already talked about that. So, uh. Braun Strowman took on Randy Rowe. <laughs> that name uh, sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not even going to try to think of some names that it sounds like, only because uh, I don't usually acknowledge the semen competition. They got to step they they got to step up a little bit more, and that's no no knock to anybody, but the local competition got completely demolished by the monster among men if wwe was being represented by braun Strowman and randy rowe was the semen competition boy oh boy did the semen competition get tossed around like a rag doll good stuff braun picks up the victory there keeps him strong in the moment what was that pink hair mohawk on top that was so dumb I'm sorry, but uh, hey, whatever. Shouts to the local comp for having the heart to get in there with the monster among men. And uh, shouts to Bro for picking up that victory there. We ain't forget about you, big man. And we got Stone Cold. Now we have Ric Flair. We had, uh, you know, had Shawn Michaels. We had a lot of people. But all in all, and this is to take nothing away from any other superstars make sure we get this right we had the hoaxster in the building you know Hogan uh, you know trying to redeem himself and I think he's uh, just fine in the WWE universe's eyes at least a major portion of it so uh, yeah it was great to see Ric Flair it uh you know at the at this point you see how many of these uh, former, well, let's just not even say former, these WWE legends, you know, and these guys that have, you know, such tenure with the company all really enjoy going out there and really just being able to, you know, live that moment one more time or live that moment again. You don't know how many more times they could live that moment, but, you know, the WrestleMania build between Triple H and Batista, excuse me, and, uh, you know, that promo Triple H cut about Ric Flair and, you know, just happy to be alive, you know, and then going through the small health issues that he does. Because he's, he, look, we all know Nature Boy is just fine. And, and small stuff, that's, his physical body sometimes, you know, falters. But at the end of the day, we all see he going to kick out at two and then he's still going to win the match. And that's exactly what he did by being able to come out there last night and you know just you know be in front of the crowd 
it was good to see him. I would. I was uh, kind of tearing up just seeing him out there again. You know, it's it's uh, definitely awesome. But again, let's, let's, we got all that out the way. Stone Cold came out there, and uh, he doesn't. We don't get to see Austin much. So when we do get to see him, it is always a treat. And uh, it, he came out and he cut his promo. He posed the toast. To you know, everybody in the WWE family, from you know the guys in the truck to the guys holding the camera to the guys in the back to even the guys like yourself and myself watching along at home on our you know social media device. You know, it was uh, it was very heartfelt promo. It is. It, I I personally feel like you know. WWE has been doing what they can to try to cater to the audience as much as they want to, but in, you know, somewhat of the best way possible for a while now, so, you know, it's, uh, it's good, you know, it was a good promo from Austin, I thought that he really, uh, got the toast across, he could still catch those beers with one hand from almost anywhere, and that is just, <laughs> that's an accolade in itself. But yeah, it was good to have Austin out there. And that was how they closed the show. He did all of his uh, stuff, the crowd chanting what. It was great throwback to the nostalgic days of, you know, him starting that and all of his moments. Everybody was, well, some people were talking about they wanted to see um, Stone Cold confront uh, Kevin Owens. I think maybe they'll save that for something down the line. Maybe. Maybe SummerSlam. I know the day after SummerSlam, straight up Steve Austin is uh, debuting on the USA Network. And I know that Miz and Mrs. Dev had a sneak peek, which was real. Uh, it was a fun little sneak peek how they went into a lot of the uh, things that the Miz is uh, getting into with Xavier Woods and his Up, Up, Down, Down YouTube channel at what? Oh, million subscribers, million plus, 1.5, something like that, shouts to my man Woods and the New Day, and, you know, wish him all the best, but like I said, Austin closed out the show with the promo, what they had like a minute left, and he still did his thing, he really, really good, if he made it feel like a family reunion, you know, like uh, the, the, you know, the, the OG boss dog, you know, like you got Undertaker, of course, and you got guys like Stone Cold, you know, that are clearly like three of the four on the Rushmore of, uh, you know, the old days of the Attitude Era, you know, only one we didn't get was uh, The Rock, and that's fine, because we still got Triple H, we still got uh, Austin, and we st who else, well, we didn't get Undertaker, but we just had Undertaker, but it's all good, you know, we had Angle, know we got Cena though and so it was it was good stuff it was good to see all these guys come out it was a it was a good show for what it was worth you know family reunion vibe it was it was just fun you know funny moments backstage Street Profits had an awesome segment you know uh Dawkins uh it was uh, hanging out with RVD you know they was it was a whole bunch of <laughs> there's a lot of comedy so it was it was a good show, good backstage segments throughout the night. 24-7 title had a had a very good showing. You know, a lot of 
you know, title changes. I think it title changed hands about eight times in the evening. Had a women's 24-7 champion, a couple of them. So how about that? You know, it was it was good. It was good. So and we had, you know, special guests on commentary. They filled up the show as well as they could. And I think uh, if we were to give it a, we're going from 1 to 10, I would give that show a solid 8. If a 7.9 to 8.1. That was how I'd call that show. So it was good. Tonight, SmackDown Live. Tomorrow, catch y'all for the podcast. Shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. And um, I will catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.